Hello world, my name is Enzo and the pod is Two Woke Titos. On deck today is my first non-family guest. Jerry Hezon is the chief creative officer of Dentsu One Manila. A couple of years ago, I had the good fortune of being his account and he did some brilliant work for PLDT. Jerry, as I've come to know him, is an ideas guy and every time we would spitball and he would throw something out and I would shoot it down, I'd feel personally bad. I, I felt like I was killing one of his children. Jerry loves his ideas. Anyway, I always thought he was a very interesting cat. Um, when the pod rolled out, I said, hey, you want to talk? And he said yes. And I learned a few new things about him. He shared some experience working on a political campaign. Uh, we do not talk about the politician on air, but I found it interesting. Um, some things you don't learn about people until you get to talk to them. Anyway, enjoy the pod. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the great and powerful Jerry Hezon. You are the first. Hi, Angel. Hi, you are the first official non-family guest of the podcast. So thank you. <laughs> I'm so flattered <laughs> that I'm one of the first. You are. So I'm. I'm really. I'm really uh, flattered by. Uh, I was. I fit part of your description of interesting people you met. <laughs> you are extremely interesting. So just for the listeners, full disclosure. I guess I. You. I was a customer of your. I was a client of yours. So many months ago. Mm-hmm, yes. Uh, I worked. Uh, it, with PLDT and Jerry and the super cool people I'm talking about Sila Bonat, Finn, Tam, Merle Hype yeah. uh, did a lot of campaigns for us so that's how we came to know each other but yeah, let me ask you about that so tell us how you got your start um, tell us do you go to school for this is it something that's an accident tell us about what your job really is I guess those are too many questions okay uh, oh yeah, um, I'll try to cover it. Okay, uh, I, I'm Jerry. Uh, he's on. So I'm currently the chief trade officer. It's the part of the Densu Network. So it's a sister agency of Densu Jaime Saipu, where uh, Enzo and I worked together for PL for PLDT back then. So well, yeah, uh, people study advertising. So. Uh, but I go. I didn't study advertising uh, during college. So and actually, I got into advertising accidentally. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. Uh, so what was that accident? Did you were you a temp or were you a pro- on a project? How, how did you get into it? I just applied because uh, back in college I was of course masscom. It's a related course. Um, a lot of my batchmates back then were already having jobs, and uh, I, for sheer stupidity, <laughs> uh, yeah, long story, but short of, uh, I was uh, delayed because of uh, ignorance or stupidity because I didn't know I was already in the list of a certain course, and I thought I was still in a course. I didn't ask, so <laughs> so I got delayed because of that. So. But most of my batchmates are already getting jobs at GMA, ABS, um, uh, all sorts. So I, I felt left out. So, so then I applied, tried to apply. My first, uh, my ideal job back then was to be part of the PBA coverage oh. or the UAAP coverage. Yeah, uh, being a basketball fan, uh-huh, uh-huh. so a sports fan. So ESPN was not here yet. Nope. Or the, so the only options there were like, uh, UAAP or PBA. So of course, so being the only options, the slots were very limited. So okay, I'm not, 
I wasn't accepted, of course. How a fresh grad, and uh, I tried news. Uh-huh. Of course, my 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 batchmates now they're very prominent. Like Kaka David, uh, and all the was others. Your, David was your was your batchmate. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, so interrupt. So of course, same I'm up against them. So. Uh, and the slots again are limited, so then, so I, I have nowhere to go. So then I I scarred. Uh, back then, there's a thing called classified ads on Manila Bulletin. <laughs> remember those? <laughs> classified ads, yes, I. So, yeah, remember those? So way way back. So so I I, I took more that. So then, after a few weeks, uh, every Sunday, so I. I I checked out if there's uh, any job that's related to my course. So mm-hmm, apply mm-hmm. lang na apply. So so then I found an opening for an ad agency. It doesn't require any requirements, uh, any previous experience, and uh, they accept fresh grad. Okay, uh-huh. so I tried. I applied. Uh, uh, took the copy test. A copy <laughs> test is they gave you a set of questions like a mock brief for advertising. Then you have to do it. Then see if. If your work passes the standard, so fortunately I passed it. So it's just one of the many advertising agencies I I applied to. Are so, you allowed okay. to say what who the advertising agency is? Oh, who, many, I guess many. because they're they're gone now. <laughs> A, AB Communications. Uh, so so they closed down uh, later on, probably when we talk about the changing landscape of advertising. Okay, maybe you know why. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, there I I have I had no background in advertising save for one prerequisite course on radio script writing or jeez you know, radio yeah. writing <laughs> yeah yeah so so I ha- I have uh, I have a thin background on that so I I, I managed to enter so but I got in so but. Uh, I, I, it was a steep learning curve, but I, I grew to like it because uh, I uh, because I was able to work in different platforms, different uh-huh. media, uh-huh. print, radio, TV. Uh-huh. Well, those are the medias back there. Um, so unlike if I'm going to work in uh, broadcast news, it's just broadcast or work in one, just one media, medium lang. So... I found it interesting, and you know, over the years, uh, since advertising keeps on changing, the marketing language keeps on changing. It's fresh. It's not monotonous. It's it's not routine. It's exciting. It that it is. Hey, I, I have yeah. a confession to make. I guess the reason yeah. why I was always attracted professionally, obviously, to you mm-hmm. to Bonat is. All throughout high school, remember in high school when you would take job placement tests and you would answer questions and they would tell you what you might be interested in? I consistently yeah. scored uh, an affinity for advertising. And I grew up thinking, hey, maybe I'll be in an ad agency someday. It just never happened. Mm-hmm. So every time I meet someone, a professional who works in advertising, I always, always gravitated toward them. So this is probably why. I'm kind of fanboying. This is probably why. I'm <laughs> Actually, so, you're perfect for advertising. And so. <laughs> I wish. But let me, let me bring it back. So yeah. you're yeah. telling me, and obviously 25 years hence, you have all these bona fides. You've worked on all these campaigns, recognized internationally. Mm-hmm. internationally. <laughs> I know you're far too humble for me to read your, your resume on air, but... You're telling me that 25 years ago, this just started out as 
like a second or third option after PBA and UAAP. This was just a job for you at the start. Is what you're saying? Yes, yes, actually. But I grew to like it uh, because I didn't have any background. Actually, I thought it was like uh, I I don't I didn't have any idea. No, because there's no advertising course in UP. So uh, it's just uh, so except if you're fine arts. Uh, but I'm not a fine arts major, so I'm a MassCom graduate. So uh, uh, most of the my classmates didn't have advertising as their goal. So well, maybe that's why. Yeah. But if you look at how advertising um, is trained today, at least on at the university level or at the graduate mm-hmm. level, nowadays it strikes me as it is a formal science, if you will. Like people actually understand the methodologies uh, am i is, is that standing wrong yes that's correct actually i'm i'm actually impressed by the knowledge of the fresh graduates now the <laughs> interns uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah because especially it's not uh well not necessarily in up because they still don't have an advertising course <laughs> except for fine arts uh-huh. uh but graduates from la salle uh uanp actually they're they have programs that uh they have programs that are pretty robust in terms of advertising knowledge because uh, they get a lot of practitioners. They get uh, uh, they have a training, uh, and and most often that those fresh grad easily get a job inside ad agencies because they're more well prepared. I'm gonna ask you a question, and that simple question is: How do you get good at advertising? But before that, I guess for the benefit of listeners, I have seen Jerry in a pitch in front of executives and obviously the the agencies going in for a couple million dollar uh, sorry couple million dollar peso campaign so it's a pitch off and obviously it's competitive but i have seen jerry pitch i have seen jerry in the prep meetings he's shown me works as, as, as they've been built and i've always appreciated that wow this guy is really good at whatever it is he's doing um, and maybe people who never worked with you can't, will not see it that way. But I guess let me ask you that. For someone who did not do the IMC course or for someone who did not go to any of these programs, how did you get so good at your job? Um, well, there are different ways, no? But I think one of the surefire ways to get good at something in general is to be a sponge. Always be a learner. Uh, because uh, advertising... Uh, and marketing in general keeps on changing. Mm. Uh, they're actually, and even digital, I, I've been saying that um, I, I actually scoff at the term digital expert because there is none. <laughs> uh, technically, there is none because uh, digital always changes. What you know right now may be obsolete uh, a month from now. <laughs> so, so that's, um, uh, and to be ahead, to be good, you have to constantly learn. Sorry about that. <laughs> you have to constantly learn. And another thing is you not only just learn about the latest stuff or the news, the updates, the technology, but you have to ground it on a human insight. You have also have to be an observer of people. Huh. Uh, you have to be uh, astute. Yung... Uh, you have to be empathetic, so you know what makes people think. Because no matter how technology changes, it's still the human truth or the human uh, essence still remains, deba. So, parang ano lang, Like for example, I don't know if this is a stretch of an example. Like mm-hmm. 
uh, YouTube right now is actually behaving more and more like a traditional media because actually the viewing habits, even if they change, people will always stick, uh, seek quality content. Right. So ngayon, nagiging professional na yung YouTube ngayon, yeah. di ba? So before, Start. the charm of YouTube was amateurish. Uh-huh. Uh, ano, di ba? Eh, di ba? They can upload anything. But now, if you upload crap, <laughs> di ba? You won't get the views. Yun. Let me ask you this though. So I, I, I wish you were gonna give us um, mm-hmm. something which we didn't know, but you're right, Deba. You have to be a sponge. You have to learn things change. Mm. In a couple of minutes, I'll ask you about the change from whatever, print mm. OAA, OOH to whatever. Yeah. But let me ask you this. In all your years, has there been any special or favorite campaigns or, or, or favorite projects of yours? Like, what stands out? Like, what is it that you have done that stands out after all these years? Okay. Um, what stands out? Uh, well, the PLDT SME campaigns with <laughs> those are near and dear to my heart, by the way. Oh, yeah, those stand out, yeah, because, uh, well, personally, well, for personal reasons, because uh, you guys were great clients, you were uh, yeah, very fun to work with, and um, and you know, we were able to, yeah, to have fun while doing the work. Um, well, outside of PLDT, of course, <laughs> to go to not just a Miss Universe. Right, right, right. Uh, um, uh, any brand that stands out, or, or any ad, or, or, or any any pitch, and what what do you remember after all these years? You know, there's so much. Uh, stuff we've done over the past 25 years. So, siguro, I'll, I'll be biased towards the more recent okay, ones. Okay, okay. Tell us about Well, the on top of mind was the Coffee Mate commercial we did. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. The one with this guy from Pinoy Big Brother. Yeah. He, he, we casted him before before joining, maybe because uh, we cast, he appeared in a Coffee Mate commercial. That's why he appeared in, uh, he got a job, uh, a spot at Big Brother. So, you know, those stuff like that, it's not uh, really what you call in the local industry award-winning material, but it's like popular. It is fun to speak well. Na, yun nga lang, hindi kami gumawa. <laughs> na, na, it's fun to speak well. So, uh, so that's I know, uh, and uh, kind of entered pop culture. Right. So I think that's that's gratifying to be a part of that. Uh, Merly has more works that uh, entered part pop culture. So uh, I'm uh, at least I can uh, relate to her at least with one material. <laughs> uh, with that, when we say Merly, so, you're of course referring to the chair mom, Mer- Merly Jaime. Yes, Merle Jaimesh, who's now the global CEO of Densu uh, Creative Agency. So, uh, so she was uh, she was just uh, promoted to that position like a few months ago. So, I caught that global, on the first news. Philippine, right? Yeah, first Filipina global CEO. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. But so, um, you've alluded to this at least two or three times already, and you've alluded to the change yeah. how. Things have been very, very different over the years. Print, OOH, TVCs, and then a little bit about digital, which is obviously going to be some YouTube, maybe some ads. 
what yeah can you walk us through the changes like what is different about preparing for something which will come out in print tvc radio traditional versus something which okay. is going to come out predominantly by people who are consuming it via the internet i.e digital what, what's the big difference for you okay time okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> time and budget <laughs> so because okay so uh when i first came in uh the advertising uh industry around 20 plus years ago um it was pretty analog so um it was all print ads uh-huh. so print ads uh radio commercials were just migrating from tape to digital uh-huh. uh digital recording so then print ads uh i think when i came in there were like I was confused that why are some people leaving already having a despedida already in this my first agency? <laughs> they're having a despedida for these people. Wow! And it turns out they're uh, letting go of the people who do the final artwork uh, by hand before the process for print ad is they trace this, uh, they trace the images, the photography, then they enlarge it by hand. No computers back then. But now, Sheesh. when I first came in, the, the yeah, the first uh, the the agency was under or the industry in general was undergoing a computerization, paha. Like uh, the old art directors were being forced to use Photoshop. Before you had uh, spray paint artists, illustrators, very analog. Wow. So I yeah, yeah, today, yeah. do you think everyone who were you know doing doing the refinements of the work by hand? Do you think they're still working now? Uh, are they uh, well when i came in they were already old so <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but if you were uh, but now we still use people like that mm. uh, people with skills uh, like that because once you have talent you, you you will have a place but um in a business standpoint you cannot like um you know um uh, I, I right now i now understand because you have to let them go because uh you can still engage with them on a per project basis if the need arises, but if majority of your projects now require Photoshop, uh, computerization, or even your suppliers now require uh, files, uh, digital files instead of like analog guides, mm. you, you have to transform, which is actually uh, what's already happening again right now in a different uh, uh, manner. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, way back then, so. But you know what? Um, back then, when it was still analog, we still had time to develop. Craft was very important. Uh-huh. So even the minutest details, uh, we were trained to check because every mistake is very expensive. It's not like now, oh, okay, we can just pull it down, just tweak it, then upload another copy. Uh-huh. Before, it's very expensive to, once it's out in the newspapers, you cannot change it anymore so when <laughs> there's a type time and yeah. budget you're also talking about the cost to deliver a project to a, to a customer mm-hmm. yeah and uh and of course the the level of craft and detail that goes in it like copy the print ad copy has to be read three times huh. to ensure there's no typographical errors right. because 
back then, if you have a typographical error, client won't pay for that. And how much was the placement for uh, a newspaper, for a nationwide newspaper back then? It's in the hundreds of pesos, hundreds of thousands of pesos. Uh, and if, if that happens, fortunately, it hasn't happened to me. Mm. But I've had uh, office mates, co-workers who, who experienced that, sadly, they, uh, uh, the team had to divide the cost between themselves. Comes that's why we were, yes, that's why we were so afraid of making mistakes uh, back then. So actually, this is unlike now, parang ang dali lang magpalit ng typo. So that's why we, in grammatical errors, we have to be more careful. So, yun, so that's that's how tedious, how meticulous the process back then. Uh, TV back then was uh, like those special effects. Uh -huh. Now you can do it in on your laptop, Deva. Uh, or you can shoot on your own yes. <laughs> with your camera and do your special. And it comes out yeah, decent, professional. Now, now, let me ask you then, this. How, hmm. how much, how much were, you, were, were the agencies charging uh, customers in those days? And for the same amount of work, would you be able to charge the same today? Or will it be a half of what you could charge or one-fourth? Like, in terms of the earnings, uh, the earnings for the work rendered, like, have you seen a shift there also? Actually, um, I cannot say because I was probably too young for those uh, to have visibility uh, on, 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 on the cost before. But I have an idea. But, but actually... Uh, the agencies now are asking to be uh, are doing more work. I think uh, are doing more work for less uh, for less today. Today, yes, because the sheer amount of a digital campaign you have content right now. Because technically, those Facebook posts there are now there are now the modern equivalent of print ads. What we used to do before, yeah. So. Um, so, yeah. Let me ask you about that. And I guess we, we might have to keep coming back to this theme of then and now, yeah, the yeah. day and before. But uh, let's let's dive into digital, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I, I, I read, mm -hmm. no, I won't pretend to know. Now, when you meet a customer, and I'm talking about the larger ones, right? Not, not these niche brands. Do they talk to you more today about placing uh, ads on social media? like, Or do they still ask for TVCs and, and billboards? Like, when you meet customers, has has their uh, demand for media placement changed drastically already? Yes, especially now. Um, uh, even before the quarantine or before this pandemic, mm -hmm. uh, there's becoming uh, more and more shift towards digital. Um, but, but especially now, everything's on digital. Uh, the digital has jumped uh, tenfold, I think, uh, social media. Mm. Uh, because uh, you can't go out. Of course, you're in your Facebook every day now that ABS-CBN is the biggest, uh, the largest uh, television network uh, where, bo bulk, where the bulk of the media placements are. Right? So, yeah, no, I mean, so, let, let's come back to ABS-CBN in a bit because th this yeah. is something I've been meaning to ask a professional mm -hmm. about. But yeah. just to bring it back to digital versus uh, newspapers, Explain this to me, and maybe it's because I'm old. In, in the mm -hmm. 90s, maybe in the 2000s, you knew yeah. that an ad was particularly powerful because it became part of the conversations. It, it became almost like a cultural hit, 
like people talked about it. It, it changed yes. things. Um, mm-hmm. But nowadays, I can't remember any digital ad which had the same impact as the old DVCs. And here's here's an example: San Miguel Beer in the 90s, mm-hmm. when, when there was a new uh, San Miguel Beer girl. So this is gonna come out super. Serious. Yeah, she was a girl. <laughs> she had yeah. projects. Yeah. It, it was practically like, um, she was a movie star. She, she was a superstar. Yeah. The impact was yeah. so powerful. But today. I can't think of that kind of star-making, uh, moment-creating impact in any social media campaign. Or maybe it's because I'm out of touch. But can you, can you break that down? What, what has shifted? Is it because there's too much content? Is it because you know, people's tastes have changed, attention spans? Like, like, wh- why is that? Am I, am I off? No. Uh, the impression, is, I think, is correct. The, I know, but... The reason behind it, I think, I'm not, I'm not uh, a, a real authority on, uh, no. I think it's because uh, TV is a shared medium, actually. Mm-hmm. So you all, it's, uh, it's aired on a certain time slot. It's aired on a, uh, on a certain station. Mm-hmm. So everybody uh, gets to see it at the same time. So there's uh, like, uh, I'm using the term correctly, a zeitgeist. Yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah. Um, there's a there's an oh there's a buzz and because we also experience that buzz it's just so happened like in on the internet there are a lot of uh viral campaigns it's just actually uh it has taken a different form those those so-called viral campaigns those uh those uh campaigns that are being shared by everybody but again you know uh, it's not uh, at the same time slot it's not at the same time, yeah. It's not at the same time, and of course, uh, there's uh, you touch on it. There's lots more content right now, um, and in in your San Miguel beer, beer girl example, there are lots of uh, those are the influencers right now, deva. Sometimes they just uh, <laughs> let, let, let uh, me ask. they just do they just dance TikTok and they're yeah. <laughs> no, let me ask you about the influencer thing, and uh-huh. I. I Here's a funny story. I used to own um, a small business, um, Flyweight. Um, and yeah. because it was a lifestyle brand, a lifestyle experience, mm-hmm. inevitably I had deal with influencers. Mm-hmm. I don't understand, mm-hmm. and this is going to sound so mean, I'm going to kick myself for saying this. I don't understand about influencers. <laughs> and what I mean by that is, on more than one occasion, an influencer, I will not name who they are, have come to me okay. and said, hey, Give me free classes, essentially. Give, give me your service for free, and I'll talk about yeah. it. And for me, I was like, I'm not giving you shit for free. This costs money. I, I, I know what my stuff is worth. I don't see the exchange mm-hmm. here versus you taking a picture with a duck face and putting it on Instagram for 24 <laughs> hours. So uh-huh. uh, you brought it up. Let, let's bring it together. What yeah. is this whole influencer thing? And at least from a professional standpoint, you, how do you put value on what they do? Okay, so I just like to say, like uh, in your case, um, with uh, in your view of influencers, with new technology comes new opportunities. <laughs> I'm, I'm an old fart. I'm a- <laughs> okay, so well, the way we like evaluate influencers is: are they relevant to the brand? Uh-huh. Are are they relevant to the market we're trying to target? Uh-huh. Like for example, if your influencer is like the the 
the rich uh, uh, followers are the the rich people who really buy the what the influencer posts on her his or her uh, ano i think you should uh, there's value in that but if those influencers who's just there for just uh, reach and uh, views i don't think that's ano i don't think that's uh uh worthwhile i think it needs a, uh, to take a second look with your social media team na do how engaged is this uh, audience uh ba? so kasi like there are like influencers who does that as a racket which <laughs> means of li- li- living let, let me let me pull on that thread uh influencers yeah. are doing things as a racket because and I'll connect this to the whole San Miguel thing. In the 90s, mm-hmm. when you saw a girl or a gal in a commercial, you knew they were playing a role, right? They, they did not come yeah. to San Miguel uh-huh. and say, I'm Jerry Hizon and I'm Rick San Miguel yeah. Beer. You knew he yeah. she was a character in essentially a very, very short film. But the trouble with today is they are who they are. Like uh, Kylie Kardashian is Kylie Kardashian, right? Or mm-hmm. no, no offense, I'm going to, I own local, part uh, Evangelista. Fine, mm-hmm. each name. But Heart Evangelista is Heart Evangelista, right? So mm-hmm. I guess where I'm coming from is I, I have trouble understanding value, but I also, something doesn't sit well with me in terms of authenticity, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they were play, playing a role. But influence, yeah. you don't even have a line anymore. What is your take on that? Um on their uh, online persona versus their real life uh ano, uh real life uh, character yes. uh, is that what you mean okay um well you would know uh well once you're on screen you're you're playing a role no matter how you say it's authentic or you know you, because you're going to process it your your content you're going to process it you're going to edit it you're going to edit out the bad parts of course you you want to say, uh, but of course, there's a certain level of authenticity versus the TBC materials back then. Because back then, you only have 30 seconds. Now they have, like, sometimes have uh, 20 minutes uh, yeah. blog content. Yeah. So at least, at least they can, they can uh, switch to their old selves. Or sometimes, and when your brand about to, about to come in. Uh, they will switch on an online persona. So you have to, actually, you have to be, what you say, uh, what you call this, you have to be mindful yeah. uh, of, of their online uh, characters. Uh. So, uh, yeah, it's, they're authentic uh, in a way. Na it's not a stretch that they're play, they're projecting their persona. But, of course, uh, that's edited. Uh you sometimes the if you're supposed to be reviewing, sometimes they don't even uh, give time for the bad reviews. Parang lahat ng recommend nila maganda. Yeah. Because that's oh, diba? So uh, ano na yon. So again, also maybe uh, another reason is the cultural context, diba? Uh, we don't and like in the West, we don't have those uh, really honest to goodness. Uh, uh, Straight in your face reviews, deva right? so or whatever content, deva right? na dissing on ano. There are some, but ano, there are immediate backlash like this. Uh, oh, this guy uh, uh, dissing a tricycle driver. Maybe he's doing that deliberately for for ano for traction. Uh, it's well, you know, 
and, and so the, different stunts. Yeah, that's the word stunts. Let me ask you about this. Yeah, I am of the opinion, and this is my personal bias. I am exposing it on air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am the <laughs> I am of the opinion that social media is one of the easiest of media forms to manipulate. What What do I mean by that? It's It's slightly more difficult to take over the editorial view of a newspaper, right? You probably have to bribe a whole bunch of people or buy the newspaper itself. However, on social media, it's very easy to twist things. And and that's what actually is, I find, I find it extremely troubling. And if you don't mind, we're going to go hard pivot into (laughs) politics. I find it extremely troubling how things can be twisted on social media especially with electioneering, campaigning, uh, whitewashing of history, rebranding of political mm-hmm. dynasties. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. What is your yeah. take on any of this? I mean, I'm, I'm, it's obvious that most any, um, most any politician with money has invested in a social media strategy. What is your take on this? Do you feel like it's okay? It should be draw a line somewhere? Should these politicians be more transparent about who they are and what they stand for? Or as you said, editing, editing, like, like, what, how, how do we deal with all this? Um, it's a complex issue because, I, I, well, this is me, personal opinion speaking, not my company, not my own. Politicians have been that uh, have been that way ever since <laughs> ever since we became an independent republic. <laughs> it just so happens that they now have a platform that uh, that's actually like what you said. That's that's prone to manipulation, prone to uh, abuse. Uh. Actually, uh, yeah. Facebook now is uh, like uh, having uh, blowbacks abroad, not just here, right? So. Um, back then, because back then they they were, as you said, traditional media had gatekeepers. Yes, the editorial board, uh, TV. It's very expensive to get into TV now. You can just have your phone camera, see what you have on air, then upload it, And you know, Facebook's uh, what do you call this? Uh, they don't guardians. Yeah, they don't fact check. Yeah, they, they they don't they don't verify fake yeah. news. And. And given that they're a technological giant, their fact-checking is still done manually. Yeah. As far as I know, it's still outsourced to a call center. So, so parang, ano pa rin? Uh, it's not that uh, given their resources. So, oh, someone from Facebook might... Ano. <laughs> uh, this is not an anti-Facebook uh, uh, yeah. But I guess... Let me, yeah. let me uh, bring that back. You mentioned yeah. editorial boards. Um, there is such a thing as a mm-hmm. standards council, the ASC, remember? Yeah. They've complained yep. me and us. Mm-hmm. But, and, and those have been in place to make sure that things don't go off the rails, right? Is there a place yeah. for a body such as that in a platform such as Facebook or Twitter? I mean, can we expect some self-regulation here? Well... Uh, it's actually the responsibility of Zuck and uh, those platforms, but of course, uh, you're all, it's in the it will go into that debate between restricting freedom of speech or whatever you have. So it's it's always a push and pull, the, the eternal tug of war between what is right, what is abuse, what is 
freedom of speech, diba? So, um, yeah, um, I don't have the answer for that, but uh, I think the platforms are are making uh, steps, are doing steps to 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 police their own ranks, because uh, I th- I don't think we know we need an authority for that because uh, okay. Uh, Never mind the, uh, know it, uh, the Philippine context where it's prone to abuse. Uh, but uh, it it will be cumbersome to monitor. Oh, imagine how many are uploaded every day, how many are posted uh, every day. So it's actually the platform's responsibility, and those platforms are global. So it's not just na uh, sa atin or ano. I think there are more abuse in like. In other countries, like uh, uh, what I heard in in Middle East, in Europe, deba hate speech. Buting nga sa atin, hindi pa ano yung hate speech. Eh. Hindi. So pa. I guess it's the opposite. Oh, I saw something yeah, hindi pa nga, the other day. Um, Maria Teresa mm-hmm. was giving a seminar with. I, I'm I'm gonna fuck this up, but she was giving a seminar with the mm-hmm. School of Journalism, and in one of her slides, yeah, she had a map of Philippine social media. Um, and she visually was representing how uh, concentrated and how large the pro-Duterte, pro-Marcos parties were. Versus obviously the opposition, um, you, mm-hmm. Bredo, mm-hmm. you have uh, this and that. So yeah. I, I go back to the point about easily manipulated, easily controlled. Now, in a climate like that, um, and as you say, politicians have always been this way. How would a person who is of voting age, how should someone deal with social media? Um, I'm not going to talk about Facebook per se, but yeah, like me, I, I have to get my information somewhere, right? But how would you yeah. recommend to the general voting population, how should we be interacting with social media when it comes to politics? Should we always just say that it's going to be bullshit? Or should, should, is there value there still? Well, there's still value, but as long as you you double check your facts, not forward it like uh, the titas of Viber, <laughs> like forward it immediately. I think double check. They're gonna kill us. <laughs> Facebook hate us now. Sorry. Now, now we're hating on titas and Viber. So, uh, sorry. Check you said. Do not forward it. Yeah, yeah, we got sidetracked by the titas. Okay, um, okay, always double check. Uh, I learned this when I was in journalism class. Always double check your source, mm. and um, and check if your source is credible, mm. and then cross check it if it's another. So how do you apply that in Facebook? Well, well, personally, this is what I do. If I see like, uh, if I see like those uh, posts, uh, some uh, mga those cheating, uh, uh Sinisiraan si ganito and ganyan. Okay, where did it appear? Is it uh, one of those blogs? Okay, I'll wait for it to appear in a news, uh, in any of the legitimate news uh, agencies uh, right. or news groups. Uh, doesn't matter if it's like your, uh, yung mga kalaban ng pro-government. But as long as it appears in uh, any of the legitimate news sources, okay. Uh, I think it's uh, legit. Or then uh, sometimes don't be trigger happy in sharing. Okay, you might have that view, you believe it, but uh, what amplifies the problem is you sharing it. 
diba? So, well, I guess everyone has to do something on, on a chat yeah. group. Everyone has to participate. Yeah. Let me bring it back because you mentioned legitimate news outfits. And yeah. I can't not ask Jerry. He's on. <laughs> what is your take on this ABS-CBN kerfuffle? Um, it's being obviously portrayed globally as the death of free speech. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a very complicated um, subject. But let me ask you three things. Number one, what does ABS-CBN do to the industry? Obviously, yeah. there's going to be some ad revenues um, yeah. and a lot of businesses yeah. and related. Uh, it's not just the 11,000, right? A lot of people yeah. are going to get hit. Yes. My, yeah. my second question there is, if you take down ABS-CBN, is there still hope for the quote-unquote legitimate news of the country? And I guess my last, and I'm sorry, this, this, this has to be a three-part question. My last is, why, why do you think that the Lopez's, in spite of many, many easy ways out, why do you think they are sticking to their guns? Okay, so okay. That, that, that was <laughs> the first one. CBN, okay. Explain to everybody the impact across the industry. And, and everyone knows 11,000, 11,000. Those are the employees of ABS-CBN. But can you explain to us the vast and far-reaching economic impact of this? Okay. I, I think I can only confidently answer, in, an, uh, in my industry's point of view, the first question. <laughs> so, okay. So, well, actually, the, the denial of the franchise of ABS-CBN will greatly affect the not just the livelihood of those 11,000 workers, but also uh, the related industries, especially advertising and marketing. Mm. Okay. Because ABS-CBN is the, I think, the uh, top uh, station. I think they get the bulk of most of the advertising placements. Why? Mm. Uh, because they have the biggest reach. Uh, they have the most watched uh, TV shows. So naturally, as an advertiser, you would want to put your products there. So, right. so um, in the absence of ABS-CBN, doesn't automatically mean, oh, the advertisers will go to GMA or to TV5. Uh, because it doesn't, I know, uh, are, are the shows they're watching going to go there? No. Uh, yeah. Do they have, uh, and like... ASC, uh, whoever the, the regulatory body, li- only limits like 16 minutes for commercials. And I think GMA are already full already for their top grossing show. So where will you, uh, no, where will you put your uh, advertising? Also part of the reason that's why uh, most brands are, are becoming active in Facebook and uh, social media, YouTube. Uh, but again, it doesn't have the reach of ABCN, yeah. like uh, uh, your your shows aren't watched by like five people in a tri- in a toda tambayan or in the diba? in your in, like uh, it's showtime in a hospital waiting room diba? how many people yeah. are uh, watching tawag uh, ng tanghalan so again like you said with the San Miguel thing it, it's a shared time slot it, it's yes. a shared- yeah, uh, it's a shared experience. Yeah. yeah. So that's why in all talks, even now in digital, in all advertising talks, especially in the Philippines, reach is still, uh, if you want reach or if you're a mass-based brand, you still go with TV. And sometimes uh, know, that's synonymous with ABS-CBN. So that's a very big bulk. And of course, uh, as a business model, 
advertising agencies earn, and media agencies especially, earn in commission with every placement uh, aired by ABS-CBN. So, if, so you had to put, if you had to put a number on it, estimate how many individuals, not just the 11,000 of ABS-CBN, how many individuals in the industry do you think will be passively impacted okay. by this? What is the ripple effect? I can't uh, say, uh, I cannot estimate the number, but I can say how, how uh, the ripple effect. Okay. Okay. So in one commercial, for one commercial, okay, um, okay, you, uh, you have the company uh, mm -hmm. who done the ad. So, okay, the whole company has the marketing department, the sales department, okay, uh -huh. the logistic department. Uh -huh. Okay. So then they hire the agency who already have a certain group of people. Then to make that TV commercial, you have the production people, uh, uh, the, the makeup artists, the artistas, the endorsers, the extras, the director of photography, the director, and even down to the utility and the catering. So ano na yun? Uh, the drivers, the location. Uh, you, you, so there's a trickle-down effect. So when the commercial is done, okay, it's sent to the stations. So airing, so there, uh, when it's aired, you go, uh, you want to buy that product, uh, pay the groceries, the, the distributors. So it, that's, the, the, that's less exposure for their product. So uh, more often than not, that's less income, uh, potential income, diba? So, yun. So, so that's you and I at some point. Uh, let's mm. push. I actually am very curious if we did the ripple effect what is that number? How many people? But maybe not today. That, that might, that might be uh, good. I, I think uh, for one commercial. Yeah. Uh, for one commercial aired, I think around 200 people, 150 to 200 people. Uh, that affects uh, those, uh, affect their income, probably. Jeez. Yeah. No, this will not be the first time you're here. I, I'm going to come mm. back. <laughs> Let's figure it out. Here's the here's part B of my question. Okay. You, ABS CBN, obviously, uh, media placement agencies, advertising agencies placed there, but let's talk about the news. And, and I, I like your term, legitimate news. Mm -hmm. ABS CBN is obviously not off the air, right? I mean, they, 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 completely. They're, they're online yeah. and they, mm -hmm. they can still publish, I suppose. But who else, if not ABS CBN, in your opinion, would you consider as legitimate news in the Philippines? Okay. Um, those who have like reputable new news and public affairs department. Okay. Uh, GMA, uh -huh. uh, Inquirer, Philippine Star, uh, the TV5 news department. Uh, I think uh, the, 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 the usual, the top stations and the top newspapers, I think. So, and the others, oh, okay. Uh, because, Sometimes a lot of people confuse news for opinion or opinion for news. So, <laughs> All the time they do, yes. So I, I don't think, um, I, I don't know if it's like, I don't know if it's like, uh, for me it's easy maybe because I had like 18 units of journalism <laughs> under my belt so okay. <laughs> to discern what's opinion and what's news. But for those who didn't go to uh, communications, to journalism, I, I mm. think yeah, it's easy to confuse that. So... Um, yeah, that's for me because 
you have an editorial board you I, I know their uh, I know that they check their sources and they have uh -huh. standards uh -huh. um, so that for me th those are for me are the legitimate news so, let me ask you this Jer mm -hmm. at the risk of sounding like a duterteard or whatever yeah. it's 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 my nature to question uh, yeah, yeah. structure slogans right yes. and this is being constructed as the death of philippine free press or what have you uh -huh. but you just mentioned a lot of very reputable outfits yeah fair to constitute and equate the franchise of ABS-ABN with free press and democracy doesn't isn't that a slap in the face of all those organizations you mentioned i mean do you think that people are turning this ABS-CBN thing and latching onto a slogan. Isn't a bit, isn't a bit of sloganeering by doing that? I mean, I, as I said, it's my nature to challenge things. What's your take on all of this? Well, I think it's not because of ABS-CBN per se. It's because it's uh, one of the biggest news and uh, public affairs de department. They're trying to muzzle. Mm. They're trying to deny. So... I guess that's uh, where the issue of uh, press freedom comes in. And I don't know. Um, I'm not in the know politically. Uh, maybe because it's because of political reasons. So that's why it's an attack of uh, that's why it's an attack of press freedom. Maybe because their reasons are 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 based on unfavorable news coverage so that's actually i know based on my my uh, magagalit professor i think that's based on ano <laughs> kung tama yung <laughs> tama interpretation ko because that's um, you have to explain yourself again oh yeah <laughs> shout um, out to professor chidoro <laughs> professor chidoro long may you <laughs> here's my last question obviously yeah. You don't know them, and I'm not yeah. saying that you do. But if you had to guess, why are the Lopeses fighting it this way? I mean, one could have imagined they could have bribed their way out of it. it they don't lack for funds. Mm -hmm. They could have, I don't know, kissed Duterte's ass or, and did something or another. But why do you think they played it straight? Uh, really, I've, I'd, uh, I don't know the answer to that because... Uh, I don't know what what they're thinking. Uh, mm. I don't know what what's their play because uh, they're you know. Well, I'd like to understand that maybe because they think they're in the the law is with them because uh, mm. well, I'm just following this because of uh, you know, uh, uh, whatever sources uh, you know, because the SEC, the NTC, the BIR. I think they uh, they all got. Uh, they're all in the clear regarding those right. uh, government agencies. Right. So maybe it's uh, uh, they believe they're in the right. Um, that's why they're putting up the, the good fight, so to speak. So that's uh, I think that's my interpretation of that those actions. But again, I don't have any insider knowledge on what they're thinking, what they're uh, no. So yun yun lang yung oh, yeah. ano ko. Totally understand. I mean, it's 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 something I ask people who either work at ABS or are close to it. But I, I'm legitimately curious. But yeah. maybe someday we, we'll find out. Well, well, that's my uh, that's my uh, no, uh, uh, with, uh, lack of knowledge with uh, with whatever the inside workings of backroom dealings. I think uh, on the surface, because all these government agencies cleared them, why are they? I uh, know. Uh, uh, they're legit in the in, on paper. So why are they 
going to give in or bribe, diba? So I think I don't know. I wish we did. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to know. Hey, Jerry, we're coming to the top of the hour, and I guess mm-hmm. for for the listeners, before before I record, um, before I recorded today, Jerry and I talked off air, and then I asked him a few things. So I'll end with this last question which was probably the most interesting part of all of this. Obviously, thank you for your perspective on ABS-CBN, on influencers. and, and all. Mm-hmm. But you have some, and you're going to have to dance around this. I completely understand. I will not press. You have had some experience in working for a political campaign. Um, yes. And I have asked you many, many times, especially in this new landscape of putting stuff on Facebook, YouTube, yada, yada, how easy it is to manipulate uh, things to get a certain reaction. Let me ask you this. Insofar as you can, talk us through how you felt working for the campaign. Did, did you believe in this candidate? Did, did you think that he was going to be, he or she, alleged, he or she was going to be the right person for the job? I mean, w- what were your personal sentiments? Was there a value alignment or was it just a job? I guess the second thing is, as more and more campaigns are going to shift online and as the World Wide Web, the internet is going to be segmented, pro and anti. Do you feel that at some point, it's just going to be a cash grab? Whoever has the most money is going to win. Fuck the values and all of it. <laughs> well, last I question. Hope oh, yeah. Yeah. I hope not to, but that's my last question. Um, and again, for everyone who's listening, Jerry can't go into too many particulars, mm-hmm. but uh, what you can tell us, please tell us. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this was uh, I was involved like like eight years ago, so uh, this was so far off. Um, okay, back then um, there was this candidate who who tapped us for a uh, campaign. So uh, the reason why he tapped us is because um, uh, they believe that uh, they can win by adopting marketing principles, advertising marketing, brand recall. Uh, uh, Consistency of a uh, message, something, uh, and I think uh, they achieved. Uh, they sort of achieved that. They had success, but uh-huh. one thing they were like neophytes in the field. Uh. Uh, I know. So they had initial success on the smaller elections and so on and so forth. But uh, on the bigger stage, okay, uh, they had success. Uh, they, like any other brand, people were saying their name, ganyan. But uh, what they didn't factor in was how dirty politics were. That mm. even, even how good your advertising is, um, even how good your advertising is, um, there's still that aspect of black ops. Uh, uh, uh-huh. Then okay, the the proto troll army. So uh-huh. so they got to experience that. So. You know, uh, they're very successful campaign. Everybody's top of mind. Everybody was uh, I don't know, uh, singing their jingle, whatever. So, um, but they were brought down by a, a lot of non-advertising, non-marketing uh, 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 tactics, so uh-huh. to speak. So, you know, uh, they learned. I think uh, uh, it takes more to. To, to to run a campaign uh, okay brand recall is one okay uh, it, treat your your name as like any other brand but of course the more insidious part is that that one now you have this troll how did you feel i assume that you learned this as they learned it right it's not like you're yeah. 
college. How did you yeah. feel learning these things about the entire process? Um, well, it's actually in, uh, shock, shocking. And then like, uh, so you say to yourself, ah, ganun, na, ganun pala labanan. So parang ako, uh, ako, sabi ko, kung ganun na yung ano, I will take myself out of political campaigns. I will just uh, uh, do uh, brands, di ba? <laughs> na ganun. Kasi parang ano na eh, uh, parang it's beyond your, ano, it's really below the belt, dirty tactics, yung mga ganyan. So, yun. Um, so, so, yun, it's, it, it's shocking. So, yun, um, so, yun, uh, I think parang they learned and probably the, that person did not run again. So, parang <laughs> natauhan na. So, yun, yun yung, ano, yun yung nangyari. So, but, yun nga, uh, prior learning, so, yun, and even in our agency naman, uh, yun, yun, related to your other question, na, uh, do you subscribe to the beliefs? Yes, in our agency, uh, we, we are asked, it's like religion, di ba? If you don't believe it, uh, there's respect for everybody's belief, there's respect for, uh, ano, political beliefs. Pero, yun nga, if you do not believe, uh, you, you can opt not to work on the account. Huh. Interesting. So you can yeah. you can recuse yourself if if, if you somehow yeah. have yeah. some disagreement with that, with a customer or uh, with, yeah. with a yeah. the product. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I've had a lot of uh, coworkers who refused. Uh, uh, no. Uh, that is commendable. Yeah. Some others are some. Naman. Okay. I believe in their. Ano, in their platform. I will. So yun yung ano don. So there's a. Uh, you you are not forced you are uh-huh. not to ano so kasi what uh, others have really believe on that so ako uh, yun so it's like yun nga uh, it's not like the brands na kahit hindi ka kahit hindi masarap tong <laughs> ano na to okay sige ano ba kahit mabagal to sige ay sorry oops <laughs> oops <laughs> Oh, so yeah, because yeah, pol- politics. I think is a lot closer to your belief. So at least you have to work on something. You have to believe it, on it. So yon. I think and uh, I think I'm really. I know back then, uh, our uh, agency naman uh, respects that and has given leeway to those people na ano who request and no judgment against them. Uh, ano. That that's cool. I, that sounds mm-hmm. like a place like to work for. So mm-hmm. hey, oh, the other part of the question because I can't I can't uh, let you go without answering that. Mm-hmm. Increasingly, it, uh, social media it seems like more money, more coverage, more ah. money, louder demand. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. If you were in the opposition, Nux, we sound like Star Wars or we sound like the rest <laughs> the, the rebellion. opposition and you didn't have all of this money and you didn't have all of these gold these golden coffers. Uh, mm-hmm. How do you fight? Actually, that's. Actually, very difficult because na Ocho Derecho had uh, actually had a robust social media campaign, but they still uh-huh. failed, uh-huh. But but uh, it turns out with algorithms of Twitter and Facebook, you're just preaching to the choir. You're not actually, yeah. uh, ano. So yun din eh. So it has to. I don't know if you need to be like. Uh, to employ dirty tactics like uh, CA, Cambridge Analytica, di ba? like what you saw in the great hack, 
to to steal data you know to uh, data mine those uh, preferences so uh, ano but yun nga eh um that's also the danger of just mounting only a social media campaign so that's why uh, if you ano uh, if you've noticed the last senatorial elections diba ang uh, most of the winners were heavy on tv because they were aiming for reach and sometimes mm. that's the only uh, the only uh, medium accessed by uh, the majority uh, because yeah facebook you need uh, unless you're on free pay that's why uh, yun yeah the pre facebook phenomenon eh. uh, they don't click on the article they just uh, read the headlines diba? so yun uh, you have to be uh, you're either in the bubble in an echo chamber or you're just uh, not uh, pushing your message across because if you're one of the what we saw called the pre facebook crowd you don't get to watch the the videos the campaign videos because it you have to pay to make it run diba? you it would cost data to to make the video run so sign the message mo diba? so yun yung nanalo the, the experience of the ano nga the ocho derecho na they were very strong with the student those who are very engaged in twitter and facebook again but in ano in in the elections uh, they didn't even the highest was uh, barely didn't uh alus uh 13 14 i don't know so diba so by any metric it was a fail of a campaign yeah. if you think oh, of it saka actually marami but not critical enough they went i, I think millions din naman bumoto sa kanila but it was not ano enough given the ano given the mass media exposure of the others of course there are other factors not just mass media pero kasi yun nga yung ano doon uh, all their platforms all their messages were in facebook because they cannot given their budget that's another topic bakit mas malaki budget ng isa <laughs> diba? uh, given their budget they can only afford mass uh, social media versus yung isa they have a war chest they can afford the mass media Hmm. Hmm. We end on a cliffhanger. I'm I'm <laughs> about to play you out, Jerry. First of all, I just want to say on air, you're a super cool guy. I, I've <laughs> always admired your work. I, I miss having you and the team, obviously. Give give the team my best. Uh, I miss having you as colleagues and as co-conspirators, if you will. Um, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap this this podcast up? Thank you for inviting me and uh, considering me is a cool guy. I think you're the first one who said it, aside from my wife. <laughs> Even my kids don't consider me that. <laughs> uh, kids. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you. And, uh, my, yeah, it, it, actually, time went by. I thought it's, uh, I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm going to be uh, saying a lot of ums and I know, but uh, I hope I answered most of your questions. Uh, 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 to your standards or to what you're looking for so, or what the listeners are you looking for. So I guess there's not, uh, I, 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 was co- I hope I was coherent too. <laughs> I think you did a pretty swell job. Um, and I, I hope you, f- you give me more time because one hour is not enough. We, we, we should go deep on a few other things. 
But Jerry, thank you very much. Give my love to the team. Um, take care of yourself and stay uh, safe. Thank you, Enzo. You too. Stay safe and healthy. Um, uh, yeah, anytime. Just call me. Uh, medyo pinawisan lang ako sa mga political topics. <laughs> <laughs> we, we would not be too woke, Titos, if we didn't get a uh, little bit political. Yeah. So, thank you. Thank you, right, thank you very much. Um, follow his podcast to woke titos. Hello, friends. My name is Enzo, and the pod is to woke titos. My guest for today is a childhood friend. His name is Mark Copino. We talk primarily about martial arts, specifically the martial art of jiu-jitsu. I've always wanted to talk to Mark because. He's a friend who's not overtly political, but he's very deep. He's very philosophical. And his study of jiu-jitsu has deepened his understanding of what it is to be a man, uh, a father, um, a husband, a teammate, a teacher. And he talks about all of this with such integrity. And it, it, it's just a beautiful conversation to be had. Um, so we don't talk about current events per se. We go deep on this one specific passion. We talk a little bit about fighting and training. We talk about what he goes through and what goes in his head, especially after hard practices and tough training sessions. All in all, it's a glimpse into someone who knows himself very well and who expresses himself best through his art and who in his own special, very nuanced way is trying to make a difference in the world. So, ladies and gents, boys and girls, children of all ages, my next guest, the great and powerful Mark Cupino. 